You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season 9, episode 45. Uh, I'm John, and joined by John. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, actually got a haircut, believe it or not. <laughs> Or you got a haircut, eh? Who, who did that for you? Uh, the good lady did it. Right. Her first Lucky one to one video. Aye, no. Um, she's done a good job. Whether I'll put pictures on Facebook, so that's another matter. But, <laughs> nah, did a good job. Good. Uh, and it's been a while since we've had the three of us on, but uh, Chris, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, I might just grow a mullet, to be honest. I'm too scared to go near the office. <laughs> See, I got the missus to do my hair the other week, the little I've got left of it, but my beard I've not shaved since start of lockdown, maybe even before, so who knows what that'll end up like. Maybe Tom Hanks castaway style by the end of it. Um, See, I did the beard thing last year, I'm no in the mood, so I've just asked get mine nice and tan. I've never been a beard man at all, just doesn't do it to me. Puff up, I'm just getting some kind of beard, but this one's size. Uh, get a postcode of its own, I think. Um, so uh, we've had a few guests on the last few weeks as well, and we're pleased to announce we've got another guest this week. So it's Celtic, Ross County, Motherwell, player and current for Martin United manager Paul Lawson. How are you doing, Paul? Not bad, guys. It's a uh, pleasure to be on, and uh, I'll update you on mine. I've, I just trimmed the beard yesterday. It was, I haven't done it since lockdown uh, started, so that's it came off yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is how the podcast tends to go. The most interesting chat sometimes not be about the football, be about random <laughs> stuff like beards, wrestling, just like wrestling, uh, pies as well. We, we could get straight in there, what's your favourite pie? It's got to be steak. Oh, steak, mm-hmm. aye. Yeah. Got to be. Got to be. Right. Although, to be fair, I must admit, everyone goes on about the macaroni pie, did I? I hadn't even tried one until about a year ago. No. <laughs> Just uh, not. I, 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 I love the macaroni. I love the macaroni cheese. The white pies. The combination doesn't work. So it's a no for me. I, and I prefer a Scottish pie. That's not pie. The pie's good at from Martin. I wouldn't know. Is that you diplomatic? No, they're actually all right. Uh, I've heard. I've heard good reports. I'll say. All right. Okay. Uh, obviously, you'll be. You'll be like giving the players a good diet and all that so no, no pies no pies getting it there exactly although it's, it's it's not a good sign when you're uh, any of the boys that are injured or suspended you, you turn around the dugout during a game and they're munching a pie but hey what's uh, <laughs> <laughs> it happens <laughs> who's the culprits uh, <laughs> oh I can't name names can I <laughs> Well, I'll, I'll say Gary Wood. He's uh, he's partial to one, but uh, there's no. Like I say, the boys don't mind a, a pie doing I'll let them away with it. So as long as they're buying in the goals, you don't care. Well, exactly. That's it. As long as they do the business. <laughs> um, so I we're going to start off talking about what's been going on recently. Obviously, there's been no football or such, and life in Belarus. Um, what? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Story, I um, there has been some events going on off the park which was covered really well by uh, John, Chris, and we had statement league champion Lewis on in Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sat out and out, um, so I was good listen, enjoyed it. Um, are we any further? Well, 
today, was it Leanne Dempster's pulled out the the reconstruction group. I don't even know if she knew that she was going to be part of it. Um, by the looks of it, whether people were nominated or how it worked out. That's why I was yeah. She seemed to know, and she was just saying, "I've got more important things to deal with." Um, and it came off the back of Nicholas Hobson's uh, statement earlier on the day that uh, don't expect to be watching uh, football within a stadium anytime soon. So uh, that was, and not only that, but the kind of coming out and saying, and actually we might not even be able to do closed door to, uh, because people will gather and watch it on telly, like in pubs. So that's sending a bit more negative uh, than I think many people were expecting. If the UK government are to be believed, and we can all have our opinions as to whether that should be listened to or not, um, the UK government have apparently said that the pubs will be the last thing to open, um, which won't go down up these shores. Um, but um, I noticed that Livingston are certainly part of it, and they've put out a big statement saying what their proposal would be, and um, they've gone with the 14-team Premiership with a, a split top six and bottom eight, which... Lewis, um, who we just mentioned before, um, mentioned that they're doing that in Denmark, and it, on the face of it, seems to be working okay. They've only had it in since 2016. Um, it's not our preferred option. We'd obviously prefer like 16 or 18, but it's not going to happen because of the TV deals, etc. Um, and Livingston are proposing to relegate from the Premiership and and potentially. Um, well, they've got it as 12th and Prem V third champs, so I don't know how that's going to work. But Aye, um, the thing you wonder is whether there's been a bit, a bit premature in terms of announcing relegation from the Championship and League One, because you've got to think that reconstruction is going to mean that these teams will be saved. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, there's the UEFA um, meeting on Thursday as well to think about. So not something tomorrow? That, we're recording Monday. I heard there was a meeting tomorrow. I heard um, it was Thursday. With UEFA. Yeah, there's a couple of meetings going on this week, UEFA. There's definitely one. Uh, Thursday, but the district will be one of Tuesday, which I didn't really know about until I read about it today. So I don't know what's happening in what meeting, but I'm not really expecting too much to happen in the Tuesday meeting. Um, there still seems to be the focus on the Thursday. So. I think as long as KLT and Bori are part of it, uh, sorry, Brora are part of it, um, then that would be good. Could be it would be a ridiculous situation if they played all, the, all that way they both would be declared as champions whereby they should have been playing in the pyramid playoff and then don't get a chance to progress so no, I think, I think uh, yeah and no, I agree I think they, sh- they should both go up I think in terms of our league Brona were probably running away with it but uh, obviously Kelly it was, a bit, it was a wee bit tighter but they've obviously been crown champions so I think they both deserve to, to go up and it, you know the reconstruction should involve the two of them yeah. See, on the subject of the, obviously there was a declaration in the Highland League, and you manage in the Highland League. Did you get much say in that? Was that more a committee side of things? It was more a committee side of things, but to be honest, I, I would have maybe had more to say had we been up challenging. But we, uh, in terms of league form, we had, we had a poor season, so ultimately it, it didn't it didn't bother me who was who was crowned champions because it wasn't us. So, <laughs> um, but you know there was games still to be played, but. Brorad, I think they'd lost one game all season, so realistically, it wasn't they were going to be crowned champions? Um, it was just a matter of time. So I had no can no complaints with it. Yeah, I've got Aye. the table up. Um, I think I'm looking at it just now. Brora, after 26 games, won 24, drawn none, lost two, 
goals ah, for yeah, 96, yeah. goals against 14. So plus 82 goal difference, that would have been pretty But they hadn't, they hadn't played us, so... <laughs> <laughs> our, our, two, our, our two games against them had been postponed, but we were due to play them actually the Saturday that uh, they sort of cancelled the, the football on the on the Friday. So, uh, But no, they were, they were definitely champions in waiting. Yeah, I think obviously that situation was different to what the Lowland League because the Lowland League you had Bonnie Dig only three points off off the top yeah. of a game in hand so you can understand why Bonnie Dig would feel aggrieved um, though they have reluctantly accepted the decision It's probably similar to is it Park Thistle what were they they weren't far off of you know did they have a game in hand or something down near the bottom yeah. of the league you know so they could argue uh, these things um, but like I say in our league it was, it was pretty much and it's probably similar to League 2 Covid they'd run away with that one as well What's your views on reconstructing yourself, Paul? Um, I think everyone's been kind of screaming out for it for a long time, but I think ultimately the TV, um, you know, they need their, their four old firm games a season at least, and um, so that needs to to work in somehow. Um, and then, like I say, I think Broad and, and Kelly deserve to go up, so that would, um, you know, make for it. Something would have to, to happen, something would have to give, so... Um, the 14 team league, I think probably, like you said, you would like more, but that's probably the best you can you can get. Yeah, uh, we ran a poll on the the podcast account asking whether people think it should be a temporary thing or a permanent, th- more permanent thing. Um, 80% of the votes went for p- more permanent. Um, mm. So that's where the, where the fans stand. I think that's always where the fans have stood. Um, with regards to any kind of reconstruction talks. The, the, good, the good thing is, if Livingston are saying that the, their proposal is a 14-team top fight with two going down and then a playoff between 12th and 3rd, that suggests first and second they're going straight up and they're looking at 14 being more permanent than um, other uh, club chairmen like Fandridge <laughs> has suggested yeah. they look temporary. Because if they go for temporary, you'd expect that 12th would play first to give some sort of chance of promotion. I suppose that, that would be as well when this pyramid could get I'm getting worried about Anne Budge because um, she's went a day without making a statement or doing an interview. Well, <laughs> uh, just went nine o'clock, give her time. <laughs> True. She's had a busy day. Yeah. I mean, I, as we said last week, I mean, we can understand Hearts being a little aggrieved um, because they should be fighting um, against the relegation in an ideal world. Um, but I just don't like the way that they've been going about from their statements. And they're talking as if Hearts were guaranteed to stay up. Hearts' form against the bottom six has been appalling. They've won one game against the fellow bottom six sides. Uh, where is that um, inspiration for them to get themselves out of trouble playing these same teams? Don't know. Yeah, they weren't going to get to play Rangers or Hubs anymore. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, that's, that's a... And um, I was a bit disappointed that Dave Cormack actually came and said talked about temporary solutions. No, it shouldn't be temporary solutions just to try and appease everyone. It, it's all, we know it's a difficult situation, but there's no point in changing it and then in a year's time saying right, let's go back to where we were and relegate two teams into the Lowland League. That just defeats the whole purpose. It's got to be um, for the good going forward, not um, you know to preserve Hearts, Partick, Thistle, and Stranraer as much as you feel for these teams. Yeah. Then you've got this situation, obviously, the in the non-leagues, East of Scotland, they decided null and void. So, I think uh, Phil, who bid on there on the season, he's obviously not not too happy no, with the juniors. Happy. And you maybe know a wee bit more about that than us. Um, 
yeah. talk, I don't know whether you talk sport to him or... <laughs> I've, I've messaged him a couple of times. Uh, like, let's just say that a couple of people who were um, on the committee happened to be challengers um, to uh, Kernusty. So, yeah. whether they'll get to have some form of appeal, I don't know. Um, but I don't want to reveal too much of the conversation. Oh, that's fair enough, I think. Certainly in the West, they've decided that there's not, obviously not going to be any football played. However, there's not been any decision made whether they're going to declare a champion or whether it's going to be null void. So, need to wait and see there. I don't know, uh, I'm not privy really to what happened in the North Juniors as much. What's the situation there, Paul? Have they decided? I don't think they have. I think um, they were wanting to bring in um, the, the, well, they spoke about it, you know, the pyramid system from the juniors going to the league for, for years now, I think. Or, um, especially when COVID went up last year, there was obviously talks of, of Banks of D um, coming into the league and, and you hear different stories, whether they refused or whatever. They weren't ready. Um, it was very quick. So whether this year, again, would be too quick to for teams to be set up because yeah. as far as I'm aware... Obviously, with club licensing and, and things like that, I think only Golsby and Banks of D are the two uh, junior teams that are uh, fully licensed that we could step into the Heim League. So I think other clubs would have to put a lot of things in place before they would be able to do that. So, um, although saying that, Banks of D have kind of ran away with the, the junior leagues for, for the last couple of years anyway. So yeah. they would probably be the favourites to come up if that was to be the case. There was a course of just recently actually about um, introducing um, relegation to the Highland League as well. Uh, I think it was the the North Region and was it the, the North Caledonia League? Is that the one yeah. that I thought they did yeah. mm-hmm. I wish I yeah. thought that. Um, hopefully it wouldn't involve us anyway. <laughs> <but> no. <laughs> um, I, th- I think it's right to be perfectly honest. As long as teams are equipped to come up um, I, I think it's you know it gives teams a name you know, like ourselves now I think previously with the League, yeah, it's, it's great to win the league and whatever, but now you've got a goal that you can go into the, the football league as such. So I always think it's it's a good thing. And like I say, if teams are equipped and um, in place to do it, then then why not? Right. My understanding when I'd seen on the forums was that most of the North junior teams would rather stay in junior. I don't know if that's true or not, but that was from looking at forums. I think... Um, Ultimately, there's a lot of travelling up here, and that and that probably comes into in a lot of, I think, in for for clubs and, and for players. Uh, you see, Banks of Deer are a strong side at junior level, but because you know you hear rumours that the players, you know, just like playing in the Aberdeenshire uh, area, and they don't have to travel up to a Wick or a Brora or whatever. But yeah. you know, the, the players are good enough to play in the high league, um, and let's say the the cost implement of you know. A bus every other week to go to these sort of places. It, it, you know, if teams financially aren't strong enough, then it, it could be a problem. I that was something obviously uh, Phil mentioned as well when he was on about if they were to progress into the, the leagues, where would they be playing and travel would be a big factor. So yeah, it's interesting. Because yeah, I've got no as knowledge about the, the North Junior side of things. Yeah, I think, well, I mean, I know we spend a fortune on uh, buses and that throughout the season, so, uh, you know, a team coming up, it's, it is a, it's a big hit to their finances. And then again, 
you're trying to attract better players in a sense because you want to compete in a league and does that cost you more money on wages or, or such like so I think there's a lot of things um, need to be thought about uh, for teams coming up but um, I, I do think it's it's a good thing for, for the game yeah, Is there a fair bit of ambition from our team to progress up the leagues? Definitely I think um, you know before my time when they, when they came at Iron League um, the, the chairman and, and that made no secret they, they wanted to be the champions and that was before the pyramid uh, came in, system came into place but obviously now um, you, you've got the opportunity to progress and I think everyone's seen it was a bit of the uh, unknown for a while because no high league team had gone up but now Cove have gone up and, and done so well and established themselves and like I say they've gone on won the league uh, I think teams are now thinking well we can we can have a bit of that success as well yeah, well, even yourselves as well in the Scottish Cup, you've had a good few results against league teams. I always, I always thought, um, you know, I've been here as player and then manager for five years now, and um, you know the quality of player we've got could hold their own uh, certainly in League Two, and um, like you said, a couple of Scottish Cup results we've had um, against league opposition have, have been excellent. So we probably can do it in one-off games, um, but it would be it'd be nice to test ourselves. Uh, Against against those sort of teams week in week out. You've done well in the um, in cup competitions in your area as well because I've seen that um, you won the Hayley Cup um, twenty seventeen eighteen and you've also um, got um, the Aberdeenshire Aberdeenshire Cup and Aberdeenshire Shield so you must be pleased at what you've achieved since you've become uh, manager. Yeah, I've, I mean before then we don't the, the club had only won one Aberdeenshire Cup so it's obviously nice to um, sort of have those achievements early doors but I think it also puts the pressure on straight away I think I won the first trophy after a month or something so the, the pressure was on right away but it, it's a good thing I think and I think for the, the quality of player we've got we should be up there challenging in the league anyway and certainly um, winning cup competition so we've, we've done that we've done well in the cups but um, a bit disappointed in the league this year certainly um, we need to improve on that next year Yeah, but um, just hopefully we'll get back to to football soon. So, how did it come about that um, you you became manager in the first place? Well, obviously playing, um, and then the, the the manager at the time he resigned, um, the, and um, I got approached by the well, the, the chairman had, had phoned me and said he wanted a chat and um, basically offered me the job, and I said it's not not something I'm I'm wanting to do. You know, I'm happy playing and. I, I believe that being a player manager, you know, I would end up doing exactly what's happened and, and not playing as many games as I probably should have and um, could have, you know. And I wasn't too keen to begin with, but he, he kind of, he's, he's very persuasive. Um, and then I went away and thought about it and I thought maybe, you know what, I'm, what was at the time, 33, 34, and I thought, why not give it a bash? There's nothing to lose, you know. It's not my my job as such in terms of it, it doesn't put the pay the mortgage or put the food on the table it's 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 a part time role and I thought there's nothing nothing to lose if I go and enjoy it and do well then hey it's great and if, if not then I can say I gave it a try and um, you know that's that's the way of it but no it's just I've probably it doesn't replace playing don't get me wrong nothing nothing does but um, it's I've enjoyed it 
so far anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and you get kicked out of the WhatsApp group as well as soon as you're a manager. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't blame them to be fair, but uh, nah, it was that that was a hard thing to be begin with. Um, I think we played a game on a Saturday. Uh, I accepted the role on the Wednesday, sort of lunchtime, and we had a game that night. But I, I, you know, I purposely didn't take the team that night. But straight away there was a. It was difficult walking into the changing room and all of a sudden the boys are looking at you slightly differently. Don't get me wrong, I've, I've got a good relationship with a lot of them. Um, you know, a lot of the older ones, certainly because I've I played with them, played against them and such like. And I, I lean on them. You know, I think I think it's important. I, I still lean on them. Um, you're more experienced players. and uh, But it, it was difficult uh, to begin with because ultimately you're, you're having to leave boys out where the week before you're... you're pals with them or you're probably saying to them you should be playing today and that and then you're, you're turning around the following week and, and leaving them out as well so I think that was hard to begin with but um, you know every every game is a learning curve for me and um, that wee bit more experience each week and uh, like I say I've enjoyed it so far um, there's been um, a few ups and obviously a few downs but um, like I say it's uh, hard work as well but, but all good you're pretty young for a manager. Did you expect to pick it up this quickly? No, and, and like I say, it's not something I, I, I really focused on doing after I stopped playing. But um, like I say, when the, the chairman approached me and just said he felt I could just take on, take the club on that, because we had a good squad at the time and there wasn't much needed changed, and it actually didn't change too much to begin with uh, because I didn't think it needed it. But he just felt I could take it on and. Ultimately, you know, I spoke to to my brother-in-law and, and asked if he would, you know, if he fancied helping out and, and being my assistant. And I think it all hinged on that, to be honest, because if, if he had said he, he couldn't commit, then I, I maybe wouldn't have done it because I'm a firm believer and um, you need to have a you know a backroom team that you can fully trust. And there's nobody I trust more than him. So um, once he said he was he was keen to do it, then then it was like, yeah, let's give it a bash. Does it help that it's in the, the Highland League where obviously uh, you grew up as a, a Huntley fan, I believe? Yeah, yes, I so, did. Uh, this is just a bit Well, I had a sense, but although my dad keeps telling me I've got a long way to go to to uh, achieve what they achieved, so uh, I had five league titles in a row, so, you know, um, it was good times and I, and I enjoyed that upbringing, to be honest. Um, it was a strange one. I remember when I, I first went down to Celtic and, you'd, you know, you'd speak to boys and they'd talk about going to games and at Celtic Park or whatever and I'd go, yeah, I used to go and, go and watch Huntley, but, <laughs> um, no, like I say, I, I enjoyed that and um, it's good being back, Um I enjoyed my time playing. I'll, I'll still try and pull the boots on now and again, but I'm obviously not quite as fit as I should be. And um, so, but I've enjoyed my time so far. Now, my memory of the early nineties, I mean, we mentioned the the, the Highland teams coming up into the, the leagues earlier. Matt, my memory of the early nineties was the, the, the cup rounds of teams like Huntley and yeah. uh, Ross County as well, and then obviously in the, the, the ninety four when we get the league reconstruction, we get the the new merged Inverness team um, alongside Ross County. And, like they're the, they must be a benchmark for teams like Cove Rangers having come up last season and, and, and obviously the, the ambitions of for, for Martin as well because uh, Inverness and Ruskin came up to the, the very top. And, yeah, no, uh, I think you, you know more about it than most because you came up with Ruskin in two promotions. 
I think you're no, you're right. Well, that was one thing I I remember as a kid. You know, the Huntley games and used to get excited to watch sports scene because you know if they were on uh, Scottish Cup sports scene, so that was that was great. And um, like you say, the way Ross County came through the leagues and in Inverness as well, um, it it is something. And like I say, Cove are probably um, shown to all the, the other teams that. You know you can go up there and do well because there's there's good players up in this area and, and sometimes they don't get the, the credit they deserve um, because there's not you know there amount of teams in the in the league as such as there is probably in the central belt so you know the players end up if you're not at Peterhead or or Aberdeen you you probably end up going high in the league in a sense so um, there is a lot of good players here and, and like I say there's plenty of boys in our squad that can um, hold their own. In that league, I believe, if if we were to go up, but um, I think the way Ross County did it, I thought Cali done it very. They done it very quickly. Ross County done it. Um, they took a bit longer, but uh, they done it in the right way. And you can see the the club, you know, financially stable, and they've got a great setup. So, and then what would you say, Cove Rangers? Um, done, they they've uh, come off their flyer, picking up the. have some competition at Celtic because you had uh, Roy Keane at one point and um, what was he yeah. like? Ah, it was yeah it was, it was you know he's a big name he's he's a hero in a sense really and then, then he signs for the club and um, you've obviously there's been stories since then he's come out and said he only done it to, to spite uh, the manager because he didn't get the impression that the manager really wanted him there it was more a, a publicity thing from from the people above, but uh, no, just to have him in training, he was very demanding, and uh, he wouldn't, uh, he was never at fault for anything, of course, but, uh, you know. I can't imagine him would be answering him back. <laughs> no, but if he, if, if uh, he gave the ball away, it was because you, you didn't do something, or if, if you gave a ball to him and he had a bad touch, it was a, it was a bad pass or whatever, you know, so it was never his fault, but ultimately being a, a young kid you kind of accepted it and didn't and didn't bite back but um, no it's to, to even just train with the, uh, the guy it was, it was incredible and, and you can see why he was at the top for so long his, his standards were so high and uh, he still worked as hard you know right till, till the end you were on the bench that fateful day as well weren't you against Clyde <laughs> I was 
Yeah. <laughs> I've had some good Scottish Cup results, but I've had some bad ones as well. I was in the Motherwell team when, when Albion Rovers put us out as well, but um, yeah, that wasn't a, the Clyde one wasn't a, wasn't a great day, and I think it's, Roy gets, you know, everyone says, oh, it was Roy King Day, but it was also a, a lad from China, Do We, it was, yep. uh, <laughs> it was his first game as well, and he was never to be seen after that again, so, um you know, it just it just didn't happen for us on that day, and it was it was a very a very strange occasion. Not, not the only cup shock you were involved in with Celtic actually, because uh, you were on the right side of the the, the one at Hamden as well for Ross County. I was, yeah. So that was that was obviously a nice one. Uh, and so I, I've said that to the, the boys uh, before, and um, you know when you, you speak about cup matches, and I said, you know, I've been on the both sides of, sh- of shocks. Um, you know, and it, so it is possible it does happen um, as it's shown, and um, certainly the one at Hamden was a lot nicer than <laughs> the one at Broadwood. So, um, no, it's it's, it's football it can happen, but I think uh, certainly the, the Ross County one we, we deserved it fully deserved it on the day. Mm-hmm. I was at the game that day that you absolutely deserved it because it wasn't so much itself that they turned up for Ross County. Every man played up a part that we were superb. Um, I think obviously you get the first goal, so that gives you that, that boost. But and I think I don't know how had Lenny had been in the job too long, a couple of games or whatever. So it was obviously still going through a great period, um, but still uh, we we were fully deserved on the day. And I sometimes think when when results like that happen. We've, we've probably since had the credit, but at the time it was probably more about how pure Celtic were rather than how good we were. Um, and I think but that, that's probably generally what happens when, when Rangers or Celtic lose in, in a cup tie. But um, I think probably as the years have gone on, we've, we've probably started to get a bit more credit than we actually did on, on the day. Seeing that you were involved in um, a rather bizarre under-21 game um, <coughs> with Scotland's... Um, the game that he drew two each with, with Italy, but ended up counting for nothing because Scotland fielded an ineligible player. Was that Far Park? Yes. I think, yes, yeah. Was it Whitaker? Uh, Whitaker was the player. I think it might have been. Yeah, I think it was, yeah. Um, that must have been going well on the taken off. <laughs> we've done well that night. We've played really well. I think it, it's. Uh, I can't remember it that clearly, but. Um, I do now now to say that I'm sure it was uh, Stephen Whitaker, but um, again with a with a good side, um, a lot of boys had real real good careers, um, but we just there was some some poor results, but that was probably one of the better ones. But um, again, it was it was great to be involved in in, in that that set up with the, the the players that I played alongside, and um, yeah, it was. That was a strange one, <laughs> you could say that. How did you view your time playing for the Scotland under twenty ones? Uh frustrating. Uh it was let's say as much as I enjoyed it. Obviously you're you're proud of um every cap you pick up, whether it's uh youth level or, or what, but um I, I did, you know, love playing for my country, but just I probably would have wished to have played more. Um I kinda got the there was a number of squads I was in and then not involved in the game, which was frustrating. Um, and, you know, you hear players retiring from international duty because, you know, you go away for 10 days and you don't play a game and uh, that can be frustrating. And that was the 
the downside to it, but ultimately you're you're going away with your country, and that's um, a, a proud proud moment. And um, just wish, like I say, I could have played more. What was the best trip away with Scotland then? Uh, I think was it Belarus. We had a good one in Belarus because uh, there was a casino in the hotel. <laughs> but um, but we obviously we used to travel. We used to go away with the you get a charter flight because back then it was whoever the the full squad were playing. We mirrored up, so we used to get a, a charter flight away, and uh, we would play on the Tuesday night, and the, the full squad would play on the the Wednesday. And um, it was obviously it was that time we stayed in the same hotel, so it was all keep. You know, we played our game the Tuesday night, came back, and, and the manager said, you know, you can go down to the bar and have a couple of drinks and. Um, you know, go to the casino, but you know, keep the noise down, sort of thing, and whatever. And I think a, a couple of us snuck out, so to speak. So um, it was a, ended up being a, a right good night. Yeah, I have experienced a night out in the the old Eastern European Ukraine. <laughs> Aye, interesting, definitely. <laughs> uh, any stories you can tell from it? Or, uh, we have most guests we have on not like they can only tell us certain stories, but. No, I'll keep. No, I can't. You don't know for the autobiography. Ah, better, better. Just yeah, it was a good night. It was a very good night, but um, yeah, like we didn't often uh, get the nights out. Like in in terms of that, just depended on our result and how the manager was feeling. Because let's say we would have to go and uh, see the first game the next day and what have you. So um, no, it was it was a good one. That's punishment, yeah. <laughs> no, no. They were actually good. They were, they were good back then. I suppose it was Belarus, no Georgia. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's where we tended to lose. <laughs> you mentioned that you went on, um, you know, the under twenty one games mirrored the the field squad. Were you on the same plane coming back from Moldova before, um, which was the one that Betty Votes lost his job? And what was the atmosphere like if you were? No, I wasn't actually on oh. the squad then. Sorry, disappoint. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Can't give you anything on that. But you worked under Rainer Bonhoff, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. What was, what was he like as a, a manager? I would have to say good because he, he well, the times he picked me, but um, <laughs> I like I liked his style. Um, he, he, I think the whole reason I got involved in the setup was. Um, the end of our season, I was we were I was probably in the Scotland under nineteens at the time, and we came to the end of the season, and they were it was due. I'm sure they were playing Germany. It was a build up to them playing Germany, I think, and he wanted a, a game, um, so we kind of it was right at the end of the season, so a lot of boys were in holiday and stuff, and uh, and the under nineteens we managed to scrape a team together and went down to Rugby Park and played, and I ended up playing centre half. Uh, because, let's say, we were struggling for bodies and um, the way it played, I actually had quite a good game. So, Rainer Bonhoff thought I was a, a centre-half stroke sort of sweeper. Um, so, he pulled me into the squad and he wanted me to play sort of central in the back three and kind of try to dribble the ball out and, and play passes from there. So, I liked his way of thinking because I, I quite enjoyed playing there, but not many teams, obviously in Scotland and, and what have you, played played that way. So, it was it was difficult for for a lot of us to, to adjust to the way you wanted to play. Just 
going back to growing up in Aberdeenshire, how did you then get scouted by Celtic? Uh, it was George Adams uh, who was the head of youth at, at Celtic, but he was obviously he was based in Aberdeen at the time, and um, just at that back then it was you know there wasn't the academies systems as such. You were still playing with your boys club up till age of sort of fourteen, and um, I was training with Aberdeen. Say on a Tuesday night, Dundee United on a Monday, Aberdeen on a Tuesday, um, Celtic on a Wednesday, and um, that was sort of my week. And I would train with my boys club on a Thursday, saying it was just on their, their sort of training schools up here. And um, all to, Aberdeen offered me an S form, which I was I was going to sign. I was you know delighted to to sign that, and then they'd they pulled it off the table because they they'd heard I was I was down training with Celtic, so. Um, that was disappointing, but then Celtic obviously counted that by offering me an S form. So I signed that at 14. I started school up here, so I used to travel down every Friday lunchtime um, and to Glasgow, and I would train with my team on a Friday night and play on a, on a Sunday in the development league. Who else then would have been about then? Like a Gardine and Ferry? They, they, well, they were a couple of years younger than me, so in my team. Uh, I'm trying to think who would have been. I know looking from the who's like some McGovern, Marshall, yeah. Kennedy, McManus, Beatty. Yeah, that was sort of my youth team. Yeah, so um, that sort of three years at, at youth level, and you had like Ross Wallace and um, guys like that. Um, I say, well, Ross, Aidan, Sean Maloney, John Kennedy, Craig Beatty, um, Marsh, McGovern. You know, loads of. You know, top players and want to have very good careers. Um, so um, it was, you know, a good, good grounding and such, and, and, and good boys to play alongside. I guess your reserve team at that point was dominated, didn't it? No. Mm. Yeah, we did. But saying that, we probably had a help from a lot of first team players. Uh, I know, sort of, my first year at reserve level, in a sense that. Martin O'Neill, he used to have, he had a big, big squad, and you know every week because it was reserve football back then, you could have any number of, of first team boys, and there, you know there'd be times there'd be eight, nine first team players, so it was it was hard to get a game to the reserves at that point. But ultimately, when you do get a game, you're playing alongside some some top players. But um, yeah, I think we won the league for about three, four, five years in a row. I think. Right. So, so I take it you would have started off staying in Diggs. Yes. Um, when I first went down, uh, there was four, well, Liam Miller, uh, Colin Healy, uh, John Condery and Mickey Doyle, uh, all the, the Irish lads were in, and myself and, and a lad, Lee McPherson from Aberdeen. Um, and then after a year, uh, Ross Wallace and uh, Michael Garday moved in, and that's when the, the carnage started. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I think we've heard some stories on the podcast about they too. <laughs> yeah, well, to be fair, the Irish lads weren't quiet, put it that way, but um, they were a, they were a good bit older. Um, I think they'd they'd been living in club accommodation and, and weren't really um, how would I say looking after it, whatever. So they got pushed back into digs for for a year, um, and then they moved out. But um, like I said, Ross and Midge were obviously more my age and, and playing in playing the youth team together so it was it was good nights out when the lights are came <laughs> don't 
Do know what you're talking about? Yeah, I'll see the tunnel then. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Don't know what you're talking about. No, I can't write. No, it was trash Tuesdays, was it not? Trash Tuesdays, I tip. Yes. Where are they? Aye. Devastating when that place got... Uh, aye, devastating when that place burnt down, but no, it was... Uh, no, it was good, but I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really start going out until after I moved in more plat because uh, you were under the watchful eye when you were in digs, so um, try to be try to be a good boy. Did the older did the older boys then did they take care of you when nights out? Aye, of course they did, yeah. Um I think it's it's not an unwritten rule, but I think generally if you speak to players they always tend to the older ones do look after the younger ones and it's um you know, Midgel Midgel tell you that. I think one of his first nights out he got he got sent home in a taxi. One of the one of the older lads took one for the team and um his night out got cut short because he had to take the wee man home. So it just shows the you know, everyone we did uh, look after each other. Who were the who were the best in terms of looking after you then? In terms of first team boys or I yeah. Um, well, I think it was, there used to be the thing um, outside Celtic Park. There was there was a cash machine, um, and obviously back then the, the online thing wasn't as such a big thing. And um, the, the first team boys would, you know, give you a bank card and and send you out to the, the cash line to get you know get some money for them. And you you do it because they would want to go outside because there would you know be all the fans uh, hanging about. So. You know, like Sir John Hartson and that would say, go and take £100 out and then when you go back, they'd give you £20, £30 yourself for doing it for them and that. So it was, um, you know, boys would be queuing up, and they want, wanting money from the bank, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a fair, what was the one, uh, was it Chris Sutton had said to one of the lads, go, go to the bank and take a chair with you. And the one of the lads said, what do you mean take a chair? And he says, oh, because when you see my balance, you'll, you'll faint. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, no, they, they, were, they were good. Obviously hard, hard school um, in terms of um, when you're up and, and if you trained with the first team, it was a hard school, but they, they, they did look after you. Yeah, John Harson when he was at Wimbledon, his initiation ceremony was that um, they burnt his tracks outside and they threw mm. him in a puddle as well. Did they have anything for you when you joined Celtic? No, you nothing. Uh, no, nothing. Um, we didn't do anything. Oh, you said it wasn't Well, just you do hear stories and but in a lot of obviously teams now do the you have to sing a song and such like. But um, no, we didn't really do anything. I think the worst thing. I used to hate doing, we used to play this when we were in the reserves, Kenny McDowell was our manager, we used to play uh, one touch in a circle and, you know, if you dropped the ball or whatever, say three or four times, you had to, you had to do a song and that was horrendous because I just can't, just hate hate that, <laughs> hate singing in front of boys and, and doing all that, so that was, that's what I used to dread, but um, no, there wasn't any initiation as such, no. Do you give us an addition how it went? No, <laughs> not at all. You're a good company anyway. I don't know about the Ross. I can't sing for toffee. No, dear, can I? I'd love to be able to, but I can't. No, it's 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 horrible. See, you know what? You see now videos and the, all the boys are standing up there with their phones and they're reading the words off off their phone, or they've got the tune in the background and that. But like the times that I've done it, it's you're you're going in, 
just you, no, no, uh, no backing music, no words. You just got to crack on with it. It's horrible. I said, Mark, my five-year-old tell, um, shouts at me to stop singing whenever he hears me. So that tells you my level. So, <laughs> um, but before we get, um, <laughs> my missus gives me into trouble because I won't do it. Um, I've got a, a seven-month-old and. She's like, sing away to him, and I'm like, no, because I'll touch his ears for the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, you got your first team debut um, coming on as a substitute in a 4-0 win at Dunfermline. Um, just, what was that moment like coming on? I, I was going to say where the hoops, but you were in an all green kit that day. What was it? Yeah, like, yeah. your first team debut? No, it was, it was amazing, obviously. It, it, <laughs> I bet it was... It was a bit of relief in a sense. I'd been on the bench for a, a long time and a lot of games and never quite got on. And um, Leading up to that game, I think with a heap of injuries. And on the Thursday, somebody had said to me, you, you've got a good chance of starting on Saturday. And I was thinking, no way, no way. And then it came to it and he, uh, the manager started to boy Adam Virgo um, in the middle of the park ahead of me. And I kind of was like, you know, he was a, centre half turned striker and turned right back or whatever and I was actually I couldn't believe he was playing ahead of me but anyway he played for about an hour and we were we were up so the manager put me on and um, I don't think at that time he realised it was my debut um, cause it wasn't until afterwards somebody had said it to him and um, he came over and congratulated me and stuff so a bit of a a blur in a sense but you know to finally get there, obviously now you look back and it's disappointing. I, I didn't, I didn't stay there for for longer and play a lot more games. But it's it's one thing it can never be taken away from me. I mean, you 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 you're right. It was a what was it? Just that was just after Snacking had taken over the Celtic manager. Yes, yeah. Well, he came in. Um, that summer, so yeah, you you've been there under Martin O'Neill for a while. You were obviously the the, the captain of the reserve team. Do you think? Did you stay at Celtic too long, or did you have other opportunities that might have come along that you, you passed up for that opportunity? Did I did. Uh, do I, I, I do. I look back now and think I stayed there too long. Um, when I was about 18, 19, uh, Jim McAnally, he was manager at, at Morton at the time, and, and he tried to get me on loan. Um, and I probably should have gone. Um, but at that point, you were starting to get sniffs of the first team, and I, I was thinking, you know, I hang about. I was I was playing in the reserves and, and kind of training with the first team and and you know spoke to the reserve manager and he kind of told me just to hang in and um you know my chance would probably come along so I kind of knocked that back and it wasn't until I went along to St Johnston uh, later on that I thought you know I should have done this years ago and nothing can beat you know that play week in week out on a on a Saturday and um that's that's probably one small regret I might have um, but ultimately when you, you start getting in under strike and I, you know I was in the first team squad every week training with the boys every day and in and about it and I loved it enjoyed it um, but ultimately I sacrificed for a year of, of first team football for doing that yeah, you're obviously yeah, it must be difficult it must, be, it must be really difficult when you, you know you're at a club with the size of Celtic and mm-hmm. you've got the opportunity to go and play elsewhere and you're like maybe I've got a chance of making it mm-hmm. here you know, if you make it a Celtic, you've a good chance of like, making ridiculous money if you can get all the way up there. Um, and the chances are, if you leave, you're not going to come back. There's very few players do that, and the only one I can think of is Charlie Muldrow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aberdeen for a while, he came back to Celtic. Uh, but yeah. that's a, 
very rare that happened. So I can imagine it must be a really difficult decision to make. It was, and I think um, it, it'd take a brave person to, to knock it back and a strong person to say, no, do you know what, I'm away to go and play first division football or whatever for a year, um, which is what I, sh- I should have done uh, to, to toughen me up and, and what have you. But I also can, can say some of the players I, I trained with and um, from that for that two years in around the first team, you know, there's there's no substitute for that as well in a sense. So there was some some top top players that you trained with. So um, that in itself was an experience. But like I say, I probably um, stayed maybe a, a year too longer than I should have. Yeah. So see, when you went to uh, when you left Celtic in the summer, um, was it a mixture of um, disappointment at leaving a club like Celtic, but also a sense of relief that you could go um, kickstart your career again at Ross County? Yeah, well, to be honest, actually, the, the day I left, I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, I, I got my, my contract sort of um, terminated because I still had a year to run on my contract. Um, so I got that terminated um, on the last day of the window so that I could be a free agent and go and sign for MD. And it, it wasn't until um, the following week that I signed for Ross County. So at that point, I was... I was gutted, obviously. You're at a club like Celtic, and you, you, you know your dream is to make it there. And um, I'd been there for well, you know, seven years of my life had, had been spent there. So it was it was very difficult. But you know, once I started playing after a couple of weeks at Ross County, I just thought, no, this is this is good. Albeit in what we call League One now, um, it was still it was great because we were winning every week and great bunch of lads and just. Uh, and, you know, I, you know, delighted them. Uh, I can look back now and say it was, you know, it was a good move to make. Yeah, it's funny because I think Ross County is one of these teams that seems to benefit from Celtic youth policy just as much as Celtic do. Because <laughs> obviously you, you ended up there. Uh, Michael Gardine's wanted to be one of the the most uh, the guys playing for Ross County more than anybody else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Fraser the captain there. I remember him making his debut for Celtic in Europe of all places. Uh, but there's been, there's been a, quite a few players have come out there. Yeah, Michael McGovern as well. Yeah. Michael McGovern's on all, yeah. He was yeah. on the bench of Barcelona that. Yeah, uh, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think there was a, there was a good um, relationship between the two clubs. Um, I think... The, with George Adams being involved at Ross County, he'd also a lot of ties at Celtic still, and I think that's and he knew obviously myself and Midge from our our younger days, so that always that always helped as well. And he, it was tough love in a sense. We went up there, and um, you know he, he wouldn't bum you up as such, but he would do it in a, you know he would he would say you you've let yourself down in a sense because you you know your ability should have done better and blah 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 and he would try and uh, do it that way to get in your head and, and, and spur you on to to prove him wrong as well and I think the squad we had at Ross County a lot of the boys were in that sort of position and that sort of like, it spurred us on to, to achieve what we achieved Did Dick Campbell signed you? It was although I'm not sure how much he had to do with it <laughs> um, I think he was in charge at the time, but I think I, I well, I'd spoke to George, um, and he was obviously keen to get me up. So I think it was um, not forced on him, obviously, because ultimately the manager has the, the the final say. But I think it was sort of pushed that I was I was going to come. And, um, but then I think it came with a decent pedigree, so I don't think he was complaining too much. Yeah. 
it was a good first season for you. Um, probably a good time for you to go to the club because Cross County had been relegated into, set, um, mm-hmm. into what's now League One and um, going up as champions, that obviously must have been the priority. So um, what was it like just winning, getting the taste of winning um, a championship, albeit third tier? I know, um, to be honest, it didn't make a difference to me. It was it was great. It was my first uh, medal and, uh, you know, we deserved it. We pretty much led from the, the front. Uh, I think I signed about five or six games in the season and, um, well, by that time the manager had, had left and, and Derek had taken over. So, um, but with a, a great squad, like you say, although being relegated, the, the squad was far too good to be um, in the in the second division, and you know, more than deserve to go up, and um, just the the feeling um, on the the day when we won the championship was was incredible. Like you say, it was, it was third tier, but um, you know, it means um, just as much to me as anything. I find it difficult to adapt. I know we had Jamie Winter on, mm-hmm. and he said when he kind of dropped down the league, he actually he found it really difficult to adapt at first. Yes, um, I mean. I think, I'd, like I said, I, I probably should have left Celtic um, before I did. And then obviously playing as a football for years, and then you go into the environment. Um, I was obviously in St Johnston and in St Mirren, but you go into the environment and it's, it's a different type of football, different style of football. But we, um, you know, we had good players at Ross County, and we, we did try to play the right way, which was great. But I think definitely at the, at the start, I did, I did struggle um, in some games and. You kind of feel like people are looking at you going, oh, what have we signed here? Or I can't believe that lad was a Celtic or whatever because you, you aren't probably playing your, your you know, best because you're still adapting to things. But, um, you know, I got there. got there in the end. <laughs> yeah. When you joined Ross County, could you envisage them reaching a Scottish Cup final? No, I think, to be honest, probably... Getting to the Premier League, I probably thought about more than than the Scottish Cup final. Um, I think, the, like I said earlier, it was, it was more about trying to prove people wrong and, and, and prove to myself I could play at a higher level. And, and I was going there to try and help Ross County certainly get back in the first division and then just see where it took us. And um, but the, that year we got to the Scottish Cup final was was incredible. It was probably the start. Although we'd we'd won the the second division, I think. That was the sort of start of people sitting up and taking notes of the club, and um, you see what they've gone on and done since, and um, they're now, you know, on an established side, and, and people certainly know about them. The fall, the following season, um, you, you did win, you did win a trophy, uh, the Challenge Cup. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, Jimmy Caldwell came in for that Jimmy, one yeah, game, wasn't it? Yeah, that must have been strange because yeah. you went through three managers that season, did you not? We did. Um, I think, well, Derek had obviously left to go to Hibs, um, and Willie McStay came in. Uh, his first game was actually due to be that cup final, uh, and on the Friday, the, it was a bad winter we had. I think the final mm-hmm. of that competition was due to be in the November time, uh, and the game got called off. And then it just kept getting pushed back. And I think under Willie, we, I think we only played nine games in about three months. Um, and we drew eight of them, something like something stupid like that. And um, so Willie got um, relieved of his duties. And then Jimmy came in and uh, one of his first games, obviously, uh, cup final. We had going in the, the cup for him. So, um, but that was, again, that was a pleasure to work under him. He was, he was superb. And, 
um, was just what the club needed at, at that time and um, saved us from relegation and won a trophy. So I think he walked away with his head held high. Were you pleased when Derek came back? It was it was a strange one. Um, it was a strange one. I'm saying why he left. Obviously, he was going to to uh, a so-called you say a bit of a bigger club in Ross County, definitely in Hibs, and looking to to progress himself. But um, I think he felt he wanted to be a manager in his own right. So coming back, he obviously had some wanting to prove something as well, and um, he certainly did that. Um, he's, he got a, a squad of players together and that were went on and, and done what we done. How demanding is he compared to someone like Gordon Strachan? Um, Gordon Strachan is very demanding. Um, they are <laughs> they're both, you know, probably another like a Martin O'Neill. He wouldn't be as hands on on the training ground as such, but um, he had a coaching team that done all the sort of not say tactical stuff but took a lot of the sessions and, and Martin knows are very much a man manager and um, you know the success he had was incredible but then when Gordon Stratton comes in he he's very hands on he takes a lot of the sessions and, and Derek was the same um, he liked to, to be in charge of it all and, and pretty much take on the full session and then obviously that season coming back you won the championship by about five games to spare yeah, we were, we were brilliant that year. That was probably the most enjoyable year in football, to be honest. The, the team we had, the, the players, the dressing room, everything, everything was just there for us. And obviously when you're winning, everything's great. And, um, but the run we went on from, I think, the second game of the season, one beating for the rest of the season, was, was incredible. And, and to get the club up to the Premier League um, was, you know, although they've been back down and, and then back up, we, you know, in a sense proud to say we were the first ones to do it you didn't just make up the numbers when you were in the top like you came up with top sack that season yeah no I was I think um, I was surprised a few to be honest but I think um, we, we had belief in ourselves and um, up, probably but saying that up until Christmas time we were probably in the bottom two or three and then after Christmas we were in a, a great run and uh, managed to shoot up the league and, and finish in the top six, which was which was great, and it, it gave you the the belief. Well, you know, satisfaction of saying I, I can perform at this level, and, and you know, you you want to I want to kick on from there. But obviously, my, my time at the club came to an end. See, with the going up the leagues, they still retain that kind of community type vibe. Obviously, from being a Highland League team originally. Yeah, they definitely did, and I think that helped the club. Um, and, and probably the, the squad of players there was probably a core about six or seven of us that had been there uh, for a number of years so that hadn't changed and then they came in um, you know they knew about it and it's the way the club probably still is now uh, I haven't been back for a, a wee while but I still speak to a few of the boys and um, you know I can see you talk about Michael Gardine and he's been there a lot well he's been back probably about four times I think <laughs> but <laughs> It, you know, it just shows that everyone, I don't think MD really, who's played for the club, has a, a bad word to say about it, and, and that speaks volumes. Yeah, definitely. Um, when we tweeted uh, a video of your, your goal um, at Inverness, that must have been a pretty special moment. It was. Um, it, was a, it was a funny one, because 
uh, that season, I'd, I'd, well, let's say the first year in the SPL, I'd, I'd started the first two games and, and then got an injury and then I found myself right out of favour uh, with the manager and I was training with reserves and, and stuff like that and wasn't even in match day squads and um, it came to Christmas time and like, you know, I was I was um, thinking about uh, leaving in the January and then on Boxing Day at um, Easter Road, um, I was uh, somebody was also managed to get in the squad. I was on the bench, came on, we ended up winning the game and then stayed in the team from then to end the season. Um, we went to to Cali and I think Richie Britton must have been missing that day and, and the manager handed me the captain's armband and I thought it was very uh, bizarre from being so far out of his plans to, to all of a sudden getting handed the armband but um, you know so you're desperate to go out and play well one for the, the club and um, but to prove you know you're worthy of, of winning the armband and, and scoring that goal was, was icing on the cake in a sense but then it means nothing when you, you lose the game. So you go from the high of scoring a goal like that to to being on the end of a, a 2-1 defeat, so it was disappointing. What's the rivalry like when we're nice? It's strong. Um, I think obviously it's a small town and obviously a lot of the Ross County boys will stay in Inverness and, and you know I was the same I stayed in Inverness and if you're out in town shopping or whatever you will bump into players and and the players we'd speak, but come on match day, you know, it was it was definitely um, a good rivalry. Uh, it was a nice derby to be involved in. I think one of the, the first ones, we were both in the, the first division at the time, and it was great crowds because I think it was the first one for a number of years, and, um, you know, we, we got a couple of good results against them that season, so that was always, that always helps, and, um, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was a pleasure to be part of. And you end up going to Mother um, at the end of that season for a couple of seasons. Um, first season was a, a pretty good one um, for you personally because you end up finishing second league. You get um, a good few games, um, and you know just summarise what that season was like. Um, although you must have had a, a near family fall with Russell Anderson at the end of the season. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was in. I was injured at that game, so I was. I was in the stand, but. Um... Yeah, it was a, it was a strange one going in that match, and and you probably wouldn't believe me if I told you it. The game plan was that not to score that goal in the way it happened, but it pretty much all week uh, the manager worked on just containing Aberdeen and not giving them anything, you know, not pushing for anything. And then the last ten minutes, we'll we'll put on a couple of forward players and then we'll go for it because we had to in a sense we had to win the game. Um, and sure enough, obviously it worked out that way. And, um, obviously went planned on the goal being um, the way it was but um, you know it was it was a great great end to the season and uh, finishing second was you know going down back down the road on the bus was, was great celebrations and um, you know it was a, it was a good it was a good year um, for the club uh, for me it was it was a bit stop start injuries and in and out of the team but um, I still slowly enjoyed my time there. Yeah, um, I think John Sutton planned that, but that's another. <laughs> I'm not bad at all. <laughs> a flying elbow. <laughs> um, but the second season is also a bit frustrating for you because um, you suffered um, an injury in pre-season. Understanding the team struggling, um, that must have been a, a, a torturous twelve months. Yeah, it was. It was. Um, it was a 
Yeah, it was. It was. I mean, my whole time there, I was, like I said, I was in and out um, with injuries and, and such like. So it was very frustrating, and there's nothing, you know, I wanted more than to go in and, and sort of show the the Motherwell fans that, you know, I wasn't a I wasn't a bad player. Um, but you know, injuries were were tough on me, and it was it was a tough year, especially in, like you say for the club as well. We were battling down at the bottom of the, the table, changing manager. Um, so there was a there was a lot uh, going on in the, in that year, and um, ultimately at the end, you know, luckily the club stayed up with a great result against Rangers, but uh, it was sort of the end of my time there, which was to be expected in terms of you know my appearances and, and injury record. I know you obviously didn't play in the the Rangers game, but no, just what was the the atmosphere um, like when you you won that game? Oh, it's incredible. It's it's. it's would you say it's close to winning? It? It's like winning a trophy in a sense. And you know, I was always a believer at why why would you be celebrating, you know, survival in a sense? Because you know, ultimately you've had a pure season. But when you're actually involved in it, you you see how much it means. And and just that was all. I think we went into it, and actually, you know, people the Rangers were favourites going in. So um, to get the result of tie box that they did, and they obviously. And the, the return game at, at Far Park, I think, because I think even after the first game, uh, Rangers were still very confident of, of turning us over. And the boys, the boys were outstanding uh, over the two games and, and fully deserved it. I was enjoying listening there. Uh, we got into the, the quick fire stuff. We covered it for Martin stuff earlier. Obviously, we went when you were go through your career, but just the way it flowed, it was good talking about high league stuff first. Mm-hmm. Don't know if there's anything else you guys want to cover. Sorry, I was on mute. It doesn't help. You think I've been hanging us working for home, but <laughs> you're not an IT consultant as well. Never get any work again. Alright, so um, we mentioned it earlier. Your, your uh, brother-in-law is uh, the infamous Russell Anderson. Um, yes. Aberdeen legend, shall we say? I've, I've yes. got one question, right? Because I've only, like, obviously, I myself at first. Um, I watched him at Arsenal through his entire seven years with the club. You obviously trained with him um, towards the end of his time at Celtic. For me, Russell was probably the best man marker of him at Arsenal in the entire time I've seen him. Um, do you ever compare notes as to how he managed it? Because um, you, you, you obviously see it from two different perspectives. You, it was a teammate to you, whereas the Russell is an opponent. Do you ever kind of compare notes with like, just the truly great players that you've played with and against? Do you know what? We actually don't. Uh, it's funny, we don't really... Uh, since we both sort of stopped playing, we, we haven't really... We'll just have the odd little uh, he bullied you or whatever, just a little dig at each other. But it's, we don't actually sit and, and go through it all. But I think... You know, people obviously know Russell. He's a he's a quiet guy in a sense, but when he speaks, you, you listen. You know, he speak, He's a thinker, and he speaks a lot of good sense about the game, and um, he speaks to like on a, you know, for Martin, he speaks to the defenders a lot and gives them a lot of advice, and 
Um, but I'm not interested in that. I just want to speak to the forward players and those that score the goals. But <laughs> he's uh, no, like I say, he's, he's I, I don't want to, you know, you sound biased when you say it. But I obviously thought he was a, he was a top defender, and um, again hampered by injuries um, when he went down south, which was which was a, a shame. But he obviously came back and lifted a trophy for for the club, which was a, a proud moment for him, and, and you know. Couldn't be more happy, you know. Nobody deserved it more than him, and I just wish he'd, he'd maybe won a, a couple more. Um, but he just, uh, like I say, I, I can't speak highly enough of him. And um, but no, he probably, I think in a sense, didn't didn't get the credit he deserved in terms of if you look at his um, Scotland caps and, and such like. I oh, definitely. How, how does a bad? He should have played for Scotland. Well, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't imagine as a bad cop. You both seem like good guys. Uh, exactly, we're both good. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, no, I think I think it's it's fun. Like I say, Russell's a quiet guy, but he, you know, if, if he sees something he's not happy with, he'll, he'll let it be known. And I think a few of the boys were were surprised at that because I think he comes across, you know, the, the, um, a nice guy in, in which he is. But ultimately, he's got high standards himself, and um, he said to me, you know, we're, we're going into this, and you don't want to be made a fool of, in a sense, and. Um, he makes sure if if something's to be said, he'll say it. But no, I generally think there's, there's um, styles have to be different uh, these days. I don't think you can be ranting, raving uh, all the time. So uh, it's just about picking your moments, and I think we both we can both have them, and um, it kind of works that way. What was uh, from your time uh, as a as a player? Um, what was um, some of the best um, dressing room pranks that you've witnessed or um, performed for others? Oh, I never got involved in that. <laughs> oh, can I say? I mean, there's a think a few at Ross County. Um, just eat that. Could I say there was a phantom peer in the boots at Ross County? Could I say that? Phantom uh, <laughs> <laughs> Some of these boots were getting pitched in at, uh, at times, but we never quite found out who that was. Um, just, just stupid things. Right, that's it. On Twitter, right? Would it be Twitter? It's phantom peer. It's going to be like, uh, I don't know if you listened to Peter Cook podcast, and they were like the whole... What's it called again? Who is parched? We need to find out who the, the Phantom Pier was at North County then. <laughs> there was one the of Phantom them. Phantom <laughs> Yes, exactly. Um, no, and you'll probably obviously Gardine's stories, Jimmy and Martin Scott, uh, just the two of them were always up to, to something. But it was just general banner within the changing room. Um, in a sense, it wasn't so much total pranks, but it was just, like I said, it was just good laugh. Close down. I used a few clothes. Uh, a few socks cut up and, and what like, but nothing. No, I think it was creepy. Did he get his gear ripped up one time? I think he came in with a terrible tracksuit and I think Lenny or something. I can't remember, but no, <laughs> nothing. He'd be quite happy to show his chest anyway, wouldn't he? I well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to get the, the build out. Yeah. Uh, who was a favourite favourite teammate? 
oh, in terms of just everything. Aye. Um, well, you could say Michael Gardine. He's obviously one of my best pals, but I think just in general, um, he was a great player on the park, great lad off it. Uh, he kept the dressing room going. You know, he's one of these lads that... Um, even if he was a bad player, you'd give him a contract for his for his banter in the changing room. So, um, no, he's, he's he's a top lad, and um, that helps us. We're good mates, obviously, but was fortunate enough to spend um, some good years together, and, and you know, win a couple of things together. So that was great. Um, I know you're a, a football manager, so I don't know if you should be promoting this. What's your favourite beer? Whoa, Corona. Can I say that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with that. Can I ask you any questions? Who's the best player you've played against? Do you know what? I, I remember at 16, this is going back a long time, we played against Croatia in the European Championships and Nico Krancar was playing and I had to man-mark him, and while well, he gave me an absolute torrid, he was flicking it over my head, nutmegging me and everything, it was the biggest doing I ever got, um, so he would be up there, but there's been a lot over the years. Um, again, the European game with uh, Motherwell, again, it was a man-man-marking job, so I'm obviously not good at that, because I got a torrid off a guy played with Krasnodar. Um yeah, probably can't chat. Uh, who were your football heroes growing up? <sighs> uh, probably wasn't growing up. Well, do you know what? I was I was into the, a lot of the older footballers just because of the way my dad was, and um, you know, like you watch the Brazilians like Zico and and people like that, and then I used to watch George Best videos and. Um, probably like Ryan Giggs um, I always thought I used to be a winger wanted to be a winger but then I realised that I wasn't the quickest so I had to change tack so um, it's probably more the exciting players like that that I, I sort of looked up to um, when you go into Scotland you've got you'd, at that time you had like Sir Brian Loudrop and, and Gar as I and then you'd like, more in my position I sort of Paul McStay and to cover both of the old fans sort of thing so no I was and then even and though Aberdeen weren't my team, Ian Jess was obviously um, a, a top, top player and, and one you would look up to. Who's your, your favourite manager? You want from? Uh, can I say two? Stuart McCall and Jimmy Calderwood. For what reasons? Uh, just, well... I just love working on Jimmy Calderwood and probably everyone that has done will say the same but I think Stuart McCall um, his man and was brilliant and um, I just I really enjoyed uh, working under him in terms of his training his preparation for games and even when I wasn't in the team I actually liked him and there's not many managers you can say that about if you're you're not getting a game, you, you generally hate the manager, so uh, but she was, she was certainly one that you know, I got nothing but praise for was there any manager you didn't get on with? Uh, not fully. I sort of um, 
short time at St Mirren. Again, it probably goes back to because I, I didn't get as much game time as I wanted. I, you know, myself and Gus McPherson, sort of towards the end, I wasn't really keen on him. But again, that was just because I wasn't getting a game and um, small time at Ross County myself and, and Derek weren't, well, I wouldn't say weren't getting on because I wasn't a fallout as such. I was just, I was bombed at the team. Bombed, you know, let's say I was, you know, on a Saturday morning I was training the reserves rather than being in the, in the first team squad and I didn't, I didn't know why. So that was a, a frustrating time, but there wasn't a fallout as such. Um, so that was, um, but like I say, when you when you're not going to game, you don't like the manager. Yeah. Um, well, we've been, I've, we've held off asking it, so um, it's coming now. Uh, what's the best eleven from your time of playing? It's, it, it's difficult to be honest because. If, Col- if Calder was your manager, it must be a two-four-four formation. Well, exactly. Well, I need to do that because <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I'll need to do that because I mean, I could. There's a lot of players. I mean, I could argue that in you know in my time playing as a football, I played a season alongside Paul Lambert. Now you're not going to get a better midfield partner than that. But you know, I was, if I think about it, I should probably go for players that I played with for probably a. a Considerable time, and a lot of them would probably be from my time at Ross County. Um, but ultimately, I would probably go on goals would probably be a David Marshall. Um, it'd be a it'd be a close call between him or a Michael McGovern. I would say. Um, can I go three at the back? You can go <laughs> <one. laughs> uh, Just so I can get more players going forward. Uh, yeah, like uh, Stevie Hamill probably would be a left well left side. Um, he was a top player I went to Motherwell probably didn't realise how good he was until I, I played alongside him um, and no he was probably the best best left back um, centre half I'll go, I could probably pick the Ross Kitt mum a lot of the Ross County team that won the league um, a Scott Boyder um, and then probably go Sean Hutchinson at Motherwell although he was a young lad he played it Played a lot of games um, at that level, and obviously he's gone on down south. He went to Fulham, and he's, he's playing with Millwall now. So he was a he was a very good player, uh, raw, but you could see the, the potential. So I would say him probably um, going at the middle of the park. Oh, I'll stick I'll stick Keith Lasley in. Um, he's a I thought he was again like Hammy probably. Until I played with him, didn't realise how good he was, and, and ultimately he was, a, he was a top top captain, which I think was added to it. Um, one of our legend and uh, you know a great guy, so you know he's one. Uh, Stuart Kettlewell, I'll stick him in uh, purely because he looked after me <laughs> um, when we played in games. You know he would he would be the one. You know he was, he was a lot better player than than. Um, this might sound, but he would kick people and, and give the ball to me in a sense. But he was he was a very good player. But ultimately, I would say he was my my bodyguard on the park, so I'd put him in. Um, Ian Vigers, definitely, um, he goes in for just for his, his sheer ability. Um, when is that? That's three. Richie Britton, put him in right side um, again. Uh, a very good captain obviously led us 
through a successful time at Ross County, but I, I, a very good player. Um, so I put him in. How does that leave me? Three up top. Go Ivan Sprawl on the right, I would say. Um, he probably, my last sort of four or five months at Ross County, he, he made it uh, for me. You know, he, he was so quick. And that was him coming at the end, apparently. So I'd hate to have seen him um, at the start. But he was uh, the sort of player that he made my, my passing, you know, look good in a sense. Um, he was that quick and he could turn a bad ball into a good one. So um, I really enjoyed playing with him. Um, obviously, I've got to put Gardine in. Because, um, I mean, almost, I could say like an Aidan McGeady or a, a Sean Maloney or somebody like that. But... Um, I think in terms of, like I said, my, the years that I spent at Ross County were the most enjoyable, so I always predominantly picked players from there. So pick Midge, but, uh, you know, that speaks for itself, his his qualities and, and what he's done for that club and um, his ability, and, um, especially in the, the season we, we won the league, was, was unbelievable. And through the middle, I would like to see a John Sutton just for... For the, uh, that's that uh, <laughs> incident at Pintadri, but no, I'd... and that concludes the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Sutty was brilliant. He, you know, he did a yeah. um, great couple of years at Motherwell, but uh, it would be a costly coin probably to Nandy Barman and, and Colin McMenamin, and purely because the two of them were part of, you know, Andy was part of the great team we had that got the Scotch Cup final and. and Colin was obviously part of the, the league winning side, so it would be a toss-up between one of them. It's not a good story about Andrew Barman in the news this week, about him, he works for Joma now. Yes. He's helping yeah. out with the equipment, like PP and different things like that, or sports equipment for the NHS, trainers and that. Ah, he's not, he's not speaking to me because we, we had Joma kits and we changed to Adidas, so he's not speaking to me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he's, he's doing great, he's doing great and... Um, he probably retired a wee bit early, but um, he's obviously doing well for himself. Yeah. Was he not disillusioned with football because he'd been released by Dunfermline? I think that's it almost tipped him over the edge, if I read rightly. I think, was he part of Dunfermline and Dundee when they went to administration? I, I can't, I'm sure he was, or he was, he was, he was certainly at Dunfermline when they were in administration, so yeah, um, yeah I think it, it, it happened to him a couple of times and and what have you, and like say, um, got a bit um, disillusioned, as you said, and uh, he's obviously gone on to to his career now, and he's, he's doing really well, so it's great to see, because you know, it is difficult to, to come out of the game and, and pick something up, and uh, so it's good to see him doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, just... Uh just the last couple of things um, before we round it off. Um, obviously, we, um, as you know, we're supposed to be having a charity football um, game for back on yeah. side last month. Um, unfortunately, had to cancel, but you were um, due to play. Um, you know, in terms of uh, the mental health side, given what's going on, how, um, no, what awareness have you got of it um, being a manager? Because obviously, you've got to be seen as the figurehead. Yeah, it's, it's it's a very difficult one because um, you try and draw on your own experiences, but everyone's is different, and that's and that's the thing about being a manager. You need to sort of look at players. Everyone's different. Every individual's different, and that's what I say when you know people talk about 
managing teams 20, 30 years ago and um, everyone went hard with the same brush but I think now you need to look at things differently and everyone's situation is different and um, I think especially at, at our level you know, boys have got a lot going on. They've got other jobs away from the, the team. So, you know, they could come to training one night and they've, they've had a terrible day at work. And um, you don't know that. You know, you could just think they're, they've come to training, they'll bother their arse. But they could have a lot going on. And it's trying to to speak to the boys and get the boys to open up to you, which isn't always easy um, if they've got, they've got things going on. So it's, it's a very um, tough subject. And I think... Um, like you say, especially at the moment, it's there's you know could be a lot of it going on, you know, and, and there is, but you know, like I say, with people being in lockdown, it's uh, it can be a lonely place. How have you been keeping in touch with the players? Is it just through likes of WhatsApp, so you using likes of Zoom and different things like that? Yeah, well, we've, we've obviously got uh, the WhatsApp group. We've like, we've got two. We've got the ones for the, the players only, and then ones for uh, we've got one for all the you know, all the coaching staff and players, so it's, um, and I'd just like to touch base with the boys individually now and again, just, it's just a simple text, just to see how you're doing, you know, ones with families, how, how's the family, and that just to, to keep in touch, because we've, literally, we'll end up probably going about three and a half months without seeing them, in a sense, uh, from our last game to probably pre-season, so, um, just trying to keep in touch with that, we've now set up a, a Strava group, um, so that you know, boys can go out running and um, have little competitions and challenges on on the running and that. So it's just trying to keep the boys motivated and um, doing things like that. Have you got a football manager set up? <laughs> no, I don't have time for that. I've <laughs> got seven month old. I can't have no, no chance of that. I would love to. Yeah, never between naps, you know. It's when they get a bit older, you get no chance. <laughs> I said, I said to, I said to my girlfriend the other day, I said, oh, all back the times when you'd go to train in the morning and I'd come home mid afternoon and be on football manager till about midnight, and then you'd do the same thing again the next day. <laughs> it's just, it's you want to cup final. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, so it's the best game in the world, but I'm, I'm glad I've, I've not. Uh, got it in the last few years because it just gets so addictive. You always just get a message on it. You've been playing it that long. You need to change your underpants. That was it. So when you see some of the stories that people have taken, like say a for Martin all the way through and up to the Champions League and that, and you're like you must have been playing that for <laughs> about forty years. It's it's it is, it's, it's unbelievable. I, and like. I, like I say, I've not had it in the last few years, but um, I was speaking to somebody about it the other week and it says it's so in-depth now. It's so, like, lifelike. It's unbelievable. I think you can get some teams down south. I've heard some teams using it as a scouting system as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, can, I can believe that. That could be your excuse to your girlfriend. Exactly. It's what? Yeah. I, think, I love the idea of talking to a football manager about playing football manager. That's like, I mean, that's like me being on Skype during night. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. But all you see is it's it's set me up. I must admit, I used to like obviously enjoy playing football manager. So, but it's uh, it's not quite the same as the real thing. But who would I go to, team owner? <laughs> I change all the time. 
Yeah. Did you like it? Did you, did you go a wee team and build them up, or did you go a big team to oh, spend all the money? See, see, when a new one came out, so every year when it first came out, I would go and go like a Man United or something and just go and yeah. spend money and buy the best players, and then after you played it for a while, you would then start dropping down and then go and like sort of lower Scottish leagues or, or whatever and try and get up. And I actually enjoyed going to Aberdeen a lot of times, but. Yeah. Um, it was always, it was always good. No, great game. Great game. <laughs> yeah, my, my favourite instalment of the Football Manager Chat Manager series was um, season 2001-2002 and I, no matter what team I went, I would always try and sign to Rebo West because he was a free transfer and then sell for like 10 million a year later. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, see, on the subject of that, I downloaded that recently. I found it online. Yeah. So, aye. Well, the free transfer is good nowadays because, like you say, back then there was always two or three no matter what team you went, you could get them as your free transfers and that was your your ticket was it yeah there was always a couple of Swedish oh, players like pick up for like 20 grand always get Sweden under 21 <laughs> yeah. Julius Agahauer yeah <laughs> Farnerin <laughs> Christopher <laughs> Anderson Kennedy <laughs> Baxi Oglu yes that was the one he uh, was so great he's he's aye I know, but you can you can you can get the ver- you can get that version two thousand one two thousand two. So yeah. oh, there's the classic um, ninety seven ninety eight where Ibrahim Abakioko was like the superstar, and then Everton signed him, and he was ranked rotten. Yeah, that's right. Well, the boy Freddie and do as well. Wasn't he? he was there. Yeah. He was. Ah, oh, so many, so good. And there was there was made up names as well. Like that would, I think it was like guys that were on the the development team would put themselves in. Aye. Well, was there not a story of a team down south? Um, was asking about a player because he apparently he was an he was amazing on one of the champ managers or whatever. And it was it was a made up one. I'm sure they had a story about that or something. I don't know. Probably. Just um, <laughs> it's like the time when Graham Souness signed the uh, George Weir's Aye. supposed cousin. To be honest. <laughs> Ali Dia or something. Like that. Ali Dia, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. There was also the other extreme where um, Laurie Sanchez signed Roy Isando from having seen advert in CFAX and he scored the winning goal for, right. um, for Wickham Leicester. against Leicester. Ah, that's right. <laughs> Brilliant. And that's how we go from a tangent with these podcasts. It's a good way to end it though. It's a good way to end it though. I do, I do. Uh, I'll say most psychedelic ones, and um, mm-hmm. I probably want to listen to that. But yeah. it's something I've got into a lot, probably the last sort of six months. Um, I was very, I, I was a talk, I'm a talk spot listener to be honest. But then I started getting Adrian Durham, and that just started to annoy me. So I was like, mm-hmm. in the afternoons, if I'm in the car or whatever, I, I try and put a podcast on. But um, you know, I like Alan Brazil in the morning. But no, apart from that, I try and put. Well, that's all that I can. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that um, you were able to come on, and um, you, you're the first of a few guests that we've got, um, we've got coming on that aren't former Aberdeen players, believe it or not. So <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been nice and refreshing. Um, so yeah, we've got uh, Paul McNeil next week, um, which we're looking forward to. Um, although, oh, no, that's two weeks. It's him because next week is actually Kennedy. That's right. That's a blast in the past. Mm-hmm. Old Clyde Bank days. Yes, looking forward to that one. And he's living out in uh, Florida. Um, I won't repeat just now what he thinks about the president. Um, we'll save the back <laughs> next week. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. 
but I really good having you on, Paul. It's yeah, a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. You're welcome on any time. Thank yeah. you. And when we rearrange the game um, again, if you want to come um, participate, space is yours. Yeah, no problem. I'm happy to do that, if, providing I'm fit. Yeah. <laughs> and, no, you can teach, thought... and you can teach Chris how to finish a um, ball in the back in it. <laughs> <laughs> no, not, honestly, no, I've just given a shout if for anything. And, um, no, like I say, it's been an absolute pleasure. Brilliant, just Paul. Thank Cheers. you very much. Cheers, Robert.